starting a new mini-series today, Four Weeks in the Book of Jonah. I hope you'll agree that this little prophetic book is more than just a fish story by the time we get done with our studies. So let's get started with chapter 1. The word of the Lord says this, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. And then the mariners were afraid, and each one cried out to his God. And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship, and he had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give us a a thought for us that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. And then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country, and what are your people? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. And then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. And then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. And he said to them, Pick me up, hurl me into the sea, and then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to land, but they couldn't, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life. And lay not on us innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. There are three things that catch my attention as I reflect on this chapter. First, there's the disobedient preacher, Jonah. When God gave Jonah orders to go preach in Nineveh, Jonah not only refused the command, but he fled in the opposite direction. He wanted no part of God's outreach to the pagans in Nineveh. Why? Why did Jonah react that way? Because Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrian Empire. And that cruel people were the great enemies of Jonah's nation, Israel. Jonah hated the people of Nineveh. And he was afraid that God might do the Ninevites good through his ministry. And that was the very last thing that Jonah wanted. Jonah let his patriotism overrule his devotion to God. 
And not a few people around us today are letting this same sin overwhelm them. Jonah was the disobedient preacher. Secondly, I'm struck by the behavior of the pagan sailors in verses 7 through 16. You know, it certainly seems as if those pagans feared God more than Jonah feared God. The pagans tried mightily to be gracious to the believer Jonah, while Jonah wasn't at all interested in being gracious to the pagans in Nineveh. It's striking that the sailors are said to have feared the Lord exceedingly after finally throwing Jonah overboard. They feared the Lord so much that they made a sacrifice to Jonah's God. Sometimes people who are pagans behave better than people like Jonah who belong to the Lord. And how embarrassing is that? And finally, I'm struck by the thought that you can run from God, but you really can't hide from him. Jonah's attempt to flee from God was interrupted by God in a most novel way. God's use of the fish was at once both a punishment and a salvation for Jonah. It couldn't have been anything but terrifying to see that great gaping fish mouth coming straight for you, and then to feel yourself swallowed and taken into the belly of the fish. It was a punishment, but it was also a life preserver. If the fish hadn't swallowed Jonah, Jonah would have drowned. God, in grace, not only dealt with his disobedient preacher in the fish's belly, but he kept the disobedient preacher alive to preach again on another day. God's way of dealing with his people is more astute than we can ever imagine. And so begins our study in Jonah. Next week, we'll see if God's plan managed to get Jonah's attention or not. Let's pray. Lord, help us to be people who don't run when you want to include us in your redemptive plans. Make us people who glorify you by acting graciously in front of an unbelieving world. And teach us to humbly accept your remarkable ways of disciplining us when we go astray. And hear our prayer for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, thanks again for listening today. Remember, doing things God's way is best unless you want to smell like tuna.